and gentlemen, I'm privileged today. I'm surrounded by three of the four horsemen and their spiritual guidance, the administrative director of Tully Blanchard Enterprises, my colleague James J. Dillon, national heavyweight champion Tully Blanchard, world television champion Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson. Gentlemen, all I can say is welcome. Mr. Cornett, you're very quick-witted today. There's nobody that's got a sharper tongue than you do, but today, for me personally, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Magnum TA, and David Crockett in an earlier interview set the mood for me, which is a very, very dead serious mood. We're just a few days away from the Great American Bash. And a lot of money is involved, a lot of prestige, a lot of things on the line. And they talked about living in the promised land, waving the American flag. That's all fine and well. But you see, living in America doesn't guarantee you success. It only guarantees you the opportunity. And then from that point, you have to take your ability and get out and get it done. Now, American Dream Dusty Rhodes, you crippled Ole Anderson and put him out for almost six months. You have not yet been fully paid for what you did. But you are vulnerable. And you will go down, and it could happen before the American batch is over with. Now, the Road Warriors, awesome. They said you couldn't beat them. They said you couldn't hurt them. And right here in this very studio, the people that you see surrounding me right now, minus the world heavyweight champion Ric Flair, who's here in spirit and constantly on our minds, was out here and all of the road warriors, not one of them, not two of them, but all three of them were laid out right here in this studio and we stepped over them on the way out. And then we turned around to prove a point and picked up, picked up the slap. That's what I'm getting to, the slap. The slap heard around the world, huh? And Tuesday, Philadelphia, Veterans Stadium, the slap was nothing because Ric Flair is gonna finish and prove that it wasn't a fluke. You know, Jim Cornette, the horseman is like a family. Rock said it many times, and when he came back, the family was back complete. And you know, Rock, since you've been gone, Dusty Rhodes, he sends a lot of people, Garvins, Magnums, Road Warriors, all around to protect himself, so nothing happens to him. But you know, we have proved that the horsemen are mightier than all of the rest. The Road Warriors, Garvin, all of them have all been left laying and carried out of any building by the horsemen, Ole Arn, Flair, and Tully. That's it. That's it. That says it all. Dusty Rhodes, you are vulnerable. Cage matches, you get the Road Warriors, you get David Al, you get anybody you want. The four horsemen will take you down. And Dusty Rhodes, 86, is your last year. Right, Rock? Holy. Everybody's already said it, but Rhodes, one last message for you. I made the prediction, 86 is going to be the end. I'm not kidding. I'm not joking. Four horsemen are here together, and the one thing that we're going to do... Whether it's got to be me and Tully and Iron or Rick or JJ, I don't care if it's one or two, three, four, all five of us. I made the prediction it's going to stick. Rhodes, you're done, 86. Iron, I'm going to be dead serious, and I'm directing this right to you, Rhodes, Garvin, Wahoo, Rock and Roll Express, Magnum, whoever you may be. You look at these trophies, this one, this one, you look at flares. All these are our trophies. This is not what the four horsemen are all about. To be a horseman, you can have one of these too, but it's inbred, it's guts, it's a determination to be the very best you can be and not caring one bit about public opinion. You think about that. You take public opinion, put it above your own aspirations, you're going to be a failure. We do what we want to do because we want to do it. Get in here,
Nation Wrestling. Welcome to episode number 52 of NWA Crack and Roll. I am your host, Sean Kidd, and we are back to discuss the last part of June 86. So we, in two weeks from now, we get finally to the Great American Bash in July of 86. So before I begin, let me introduce my co-host for this evening. Up first, Dr. G, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to another great, I mean, June is hot right now. So let's uh, let's keep it rolling. And uh, this this is uh, this is a this is a key time going into the bash. So I think you you could tell this is where everything's focused at this time. Yep. Everything really hits the fan here to get. Well, the matches hit the fan, but the lead into it definitely hits the fan tonight. Uh, Scott Shiflett, how are you? I am doing great, Sean. I am looking forward to more horsemen promos since our boy Oli is back. Yeah, it is a lot of uh, actually predominantly horsemen tonight with a few things mixed in for sure. And last but not least, uh, he is the host of Highway to the Impact Zone and one of my co-hosts over on YouTube Roulette when I decide to be on and also on the Seven Months of Danger over on Noso. Uh, Logan Crossland, how are you tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, Sean, you must like me or something because you keep uh, asking me to be on pods and I'm on pretty much every pod I do with you. So uh, I think you must like me pretty good. Well, I, I mean, I do like I like your opinions. That doesn't mean I like you, but I do like your opinions. Um, no, I, I mean, you're I mean, you're all right. I mean, you and Schiff are kind of like, you know, I like both of you guys. So, yeah, you're all right, too. Yeah, well, thank, I try to be. I'm not, I'm not always a good person, but I really try. Uh, but anyway, we're going to jump right into it. So we are going to look at uh, start with June 21st. Uh, before that, here is our champion roll call. So much nothing's changed since last episode. Our world champions were Claire, U.S. champion Magnum T.A., tag team champions Midnight Express, the Six Man or the Warriors and Dusty Rhodes. Mid-Atlantic is Black Bart. Your national champion is Tully Blanchard. Your junior heavyweight champion is Denny Brown. And your TV champion is Arn Anderson. So with that, we're going to go to June 21st World Championship Wrestling. And we are with the Horsemen. And Tully is pumped up that everyone is back. Oli says they are ready for the bash. And Flair says basically all the faces um, are having a hard time finding the TV studio when the new horsemen are in the same building. He wonders why Dusty is in Charlotte today when he knew damn well there was a TV champion in Atlanta. Um, and he's in sending videos. Flair calls out the Road Warriors, referring to Hawk as a big bird, which was really, really lame. And they all laughed at how funny it was. I <laughs> thought that was really absolutely ridiculous. Uh <laughs> So um, just not funny at all. Uh, big, and then Flair says if a woman from age 18 to 28 in the world is not in a training bra and wants to find out what's causing all this, and he woos. Uh, then we go to a quick pre-tape from Dusty. He's in an empty studio. He, he says him and Oli have to end this. Um, it's going to be Oli Swan's song. And just some great lines in here. He says, I reserve the stratosphere for me and you. And the other three horsemen need to find out Find another planet to hang on while Dusty and Oli settle this thing. Then he says this line about living on the end of a lightning bolt that crashes through. And I, Dusty says he rides on the end and rode the saddle for seven years. Uh, and Dusty was on his good shit. So really, like, what really weird shit in this promo. Uh, but yeah, so basically it's Oli again, lame big bird joke. And then Dusty's, I don't know if it was cocaine driven, alcohol driven, but some really weird shit here. Dr. G, I'll go to you first. What do you think of all this? Uh, it was, <laughs> it was, I don't know, not, not, 
I didn't enjoy it as much. I don't know. No, I didn't. I didn't either. (laughs) That's why I put it on here because it was the polar opposite of the shit we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. Just it seemed like they were drunk or something. (laughs) To be honest with you, I was kind of trying to figure out what the heck they where they were going with everything, and you know, I don't know. It's wasn't one of my favorites. Let's put it that way. It wasn't horrendous, but it just wasn't one. Yeah, I just felt like it was all over the place. I, mean, I don't understand why you didn't enjoy the Big Bird joke. I mean, that was so funny. I'm, all the I, I, I was like, was that supposed to be funny? Yeah, I was, I was brutal. Logan, what did you think of this? Did you feel the same way? Yeah, the the Big Bird stuff was uh, pretty brutal. And, you know, just kind of basing it off the stuff we talked about on the last episode, it, it you know, kind of what was said before all that was basically the same stuff they've been saying. They're going to take out Dusty. They're going to take all the belts they're going to take out anybody that's in their way so it was kind of a rehash of kind of a lot of stuff that they said in the on the last episode um and i, I like dusty's uh promo but it did uh he might have been on some uh hippie lettuce uh before he got on that uh promo for sure he was definitely kind of spaced out there yeah uh ship i assume you assume you feel the same way on this um were those guys wearing sunglasses during that promo uh well i'm sure uh, that means they were probably coked out of their minds doing this promo, not drunk. Um, that's why I'm just assuming they thought the Big Bird thing was hilarious. I, I will say, um, Flair basically saying all the baby faces are pussies for not showing up was quite a thing because they made fun of Dusty for doing a taped promo. Um, Oli with a great damn I am good shirt, which it's mm-hmm. just like this man is kicking it out of the park. Um, then Flair. Shouting out any woman from 18 to 28, come find the horseman. <laughs> Flair's being Flair. And it's so like brawl. So that was a direct shot at the Rock and Roll Express. Yes. Not so like, brawl. Yeah, so even cool. though like he called Hawk Big Bird, he still somehow savaged the promo in my eyes. Just from, I mean, their eyes were probably so, those irises were probably so, uh, so like size of saucers, but because they were coked to the gills, but it was just amazing. But, um, this is like, and th- what they're wearing when they put their hands in the middle, this is the promo shot you always see of the horseman. Yeah. Sean, it's close to what the picture we all, we took in, in Nashville. Well, they're a little older in Nashville. but yeah. Well, I know what you mean, but like how they all have their hands in the middle, that's the one WWE loves to show when they were doing the flare stuff yeah, for the I Hall mean, of Fame yeah, for the horseman. Absolutely. And again, I... Based on what we saw in the last episode, this promo, these set of promos, I did enjoy it. Like, I, I like it when Dusty gets – like, I like the – I reserved the stratosphere for me and you flying, but then it kind of went south and didn't know what he was talking about, living on a lightning bolt. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's definitely a lightning bolt, but it's going up his nose, I think, in this promo. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, sorry, are we talking about the Dusty promo now? Can yeah, I... we're going yeah, to talk about both of them. That's why I okay. went back to back. Yeah, and uh, Dusty saying – like, he kept saying Liberty, and I was like, this is why Cody named his daughter Liberty because oh, that – this is, he heard his dad talking about it so much. Um, and he did call out Oli, so it looks like we're set for um, some uh, Oli and Dusty matches for uh, for the Great American Bash Tour. Because I know that uh, Flair challenge, Oli challenge, um, Dusty challenges Flair at the Great American Bash because Flair is busy. As they said, like he, they're doing like 28, mat, 28 shows, and he's like defending on 22 or 23 of them. So the real world's champion, Ric Flair, by the way. I'm going to, and yeah, well, you saw it in Florida last time, and you're going to see him tonight in another match in another territory, which came out of the blue for us. But um, I'm going to have to do some research before our next episode in July to really see if we ever really get that only match with Dusty, because I know there's multi-man tags and things like that. But 
not really sure if we got an actual Dusty Ole one-on-one, so I'll definitely research that before uh, for our next episode, and we'll talk about that. All right, we go to Jim Cornette, uh, and he's holding up a moo-moo that he says is baby dolls, and he goes to a tape he calls the greatest thing ever. Uh, Cornette is in a ring with uh, one of the Mulkies, says he's going to show the rednecks his skills. Baby doll runs into the ring and attacks, uh, and he hits, and she hits the bully with a belly-to-belly. Big Bubba walks over and tosses her across the ring, which brings out Dusty in a wood chair. Dusty breaks it over Bubba's head, and not until uh, does and, and Bubba does a nose sell, but as a bonus, which totally blew Cornette's mind when he talked about this angle years later on his pod, despite the impact, Bubba's hat and sunglasses don't even come off. And Bubba takes off his jacket and tie, and suddenly it looks like Dusty is like literally Dusty's about to get his ass kicked. Madam comes out to the ring with a shovel and hands one to Dusty. They threaten Bubba with the shovel, and Bubba doesn't even budge until Cornette straight up tells him to get out of the ring. Bubba follows orders and leaves only because he was told to. And the segment I thought was really cool ends with a great shot of Dusty with like this really great, holy shit, who is this guy expression on his face. It really felt like this is what, like it made Bubba star instantaneously. The fat, the hat not falling off, the sunglasses, Dusty's face. <laughs> like I, I feel like this was a really a good moment for Bubba. Schiff, what did you think? I agree, and I'm glad you specified that was a muumuu. I just thought that was a nightgown. I was like, the hell is this supposed to be? But um, uh, Cornette did have a great line where he said, "You could probably give this to your wife, Shivani." Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like Jesus Christ. Um, baby doll doing the belly to belly to um. Uh, one of the Mulkies was was pretty good, you know, because she's not the most athletic it looks. I mean, we'll get – I got a funny story about her training video shortly. But, oh, we'll uh, get to, we're we're going to get to that. We're going to get but, to that. But Dusty hitting Big Bubba with the chair, I mean, it made Big Bubba look like a star, like you said. And the only way they got him out of the ring was uh, Cornette saying, come on, let's go. And then Magnum and Dusty somehow having shovels. What were they, getting done burying, burying Sam Houston because he had got with uh, Baby Doll? But it was – it made him look like a hoss right then and there. Like, not like a main eventer, but like at least an upper mid car, in my opinion. And uh, Cornette's line where he said, Baby doll, you're ugly and no one wants to be around you. <laughs> Logan, what'd you think of this? Yeah, I thought Bubba came off like a bit big deal here. You know, just completely no sell in the chair. Nothing, none of his stuff falling off. And just the fact that it took two guys with shovels to basically get him to run away. Uh, the belly to belly uh, from Baby Doll was, I can't even call it a belly to belly. It was more like a belly to stumble. Um, she kind of <laughs> fell over when she, she did that. Poor Mulky brother got murdered by that awful move. Um, and the shove to her was uh, pretty weak, but uh I know, I know she had to sell it to kind of get the rest of the angle over, but um, yeah, good stuff and kind of made Bubba look like a badass. All right, Doctor G. You know, I I forgot this was kind of like where Big Bubba kind of made his name was was this this angle because I mean, man, Dusty put that chair right over, and he didn't even flinch. Not a word. Nope. Not a movement. I mean, whether that chair was gimmicked or not, you're still gonna blink. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and, and it, you know, what was weird about it? It almost looked like the baby faces looked weak in this situation where they had to use a chair and then come in with, with shovels. So it really, really made big Bubba look like, you know, he was, you know, he, he was never going to be beat. Yep. And, you know, uh, you know, baby doll. I mean, I kind of, kind of remember this a little bit. Yeah. She was not the, you know, Obviously, she was more of a valet. She wasn't really the, the 
you know, the greatest. I mean, poor Mulkey had to take one for the team there, but, um, but overall, I think, uh, you know, making Big Bubba look like a, a star here. And I, I think, I, you know, I think Dusty really, uh, really wanted to, um, you know, to, to do something with Big Bubba. So I think, you know, because I think he was booking at the time. So I think they definitely, if he if he wrote this, uh, he, he did a good job with it. And I, like I said, that chair shot was amazing to me. Well, and the rest is history. I mean, we know where he goes. Bubba goes on to probably one of the, I mean, the legendary run he has from a career and it's really cool to kind of see the start of his career here um as we start and this seems to be like the first really big bubba moment so um pretty cool to actually go back and see this in retrospect based on his career going as a big boss man and um really really cool stuff and he only gets better as time goes on so all right so then we go later into the night on this episode of world championship wrestling rick flair is wrestling a jobber named tony zane uh they start to lock up when all of a sudden uh, the Road Warriors music fires up, and Road Warrior Hawk gets in the ring demanding a match right now, and these guys are actually scheduled, I believe, uh, at the first Bash show in Philadelphia for the world title. Flair's game and goes straight to a chokehold. Hawk no sells and just destroys the shit out of Flair. Arn and Tully try to make the save, but Hawk presses slams Flair over the top and onto them. Ollie seeks up from behind and attacks. Paul Ellering and Animal arrive, but with JJ, um, there's, there, it gets onto a three-on-five battle, and even the Road Warriors can't handle that. Animal takes a spike pile driver on the concrete, and Hawk takes maybe the greatest gourd buster, gourd buster in the history, as the height and the delay and drop is extremely awesome. And then they slap Hawk around. Uh, later on, Hawk shakes off the spike pile driver and promises he'll be ready in Philly. I really love this segment. Um, you know, by taking out the Warriors, the Horsemen have cemented themselves at some pretty bad MFers, and I thought this was awesome. And that gourd buster for me. Like, just the sheer height he got on it where his head was, like, bent and his whole body went up and then he just slammed him down. That was in the delay. It was just like a drop delay on the double one. It was great. So, Dr. G, what did you think of this attack on the Road Warriors? You didn't see stuff like this back in the day. No, no. I mean, I, I remember even as kids, I was like, wow. You know, because the Road Warriors, very rarely did you see them in a, a position where they looked looked weak. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were always the ones beating the hell out of everybody else. So this was uh, this was where you knew, you know what, the horsemen are for real. Like this is not just some pretty boy, uh, um, you know, faction that they're 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 here, you know, to to, to fight anyone. So um, very well done. Uh, and and uh, I tell you, I I I remember just being in shock back then. Like because the Road Warriors to me were like unbeatable. I, that's how I felt when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. I remember, like, I remember this segment, and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe they just did this to the Road Warriors. Logan, what'd you think of this? Yeah, you don't see the Road Warriors get their asses kicked very often, so this was a pr- pretty awesome attack. The pile driver on the floor was uh, disgusting uh, <laughs> as as he went straight on concrete. I think uh, he gets actually, uh, Animal gets hit with a knee as he's kind of entering the ring, and he falls like, you know, shoulder first onto the concrete. I thought that was pretty brutal too. He he almost immediately comes out and just gets roughed up immediately. But uh, yeah, just the, them getting attacked was uh, something you don't really see and really getting their asses handed to them uh, the whole time uh, was pretty pretty shocking to see. Um, and you know, Hawk says he's going to come one on one with Flair and Philly, and he's looking forward to kicking his ass, and then he's going to get some revenge on the Horsemen eventually. I also thought uh, Randy Anderson uh, at this point looked like Screech from Saved by the Bell with a mustache, so uh, I noticed that during this little segment. But. 
Uh, good, good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I, I know. I, I know. Actually, when we get to July, we will actually. I think this is the first match we actually watch uh, when we get to July. So we'll definitely see uh, Hawk versus Flair there. Uh, Schiff, I know you like me is a big fan of the Gord Buster. Uh, what did you think of this segment? I will say it gave uh, Hawk coming out and like you know actually holding his own with Flair like actually makes Hawk look like a dangerous and potential person who can unseat Flair for the title. But then we saw Horsemen greatness, which, you know, the Horsemen were already at an elite level, but they're like somehow getting even higher up with just these ass whoopings they've given out the past couple of weeks. And this one, like like you guys said, like the horse of uh, the, the Road Warriors were no pretty boys. These were like badasses that came out to Iron Man and everything. But they left all three of the Road Warriors lane. They even put their hands on um, Paul Ellering, which didn't really happen a lot, but like him and Roadware Animal went down hard and the Gord butter Buster was just I thought he landed on his neck. Like I like, looked like his like neck was torqued in the air while the rest of his body it was there's just something about the angle and it was just a freaking badass looking move. And I just <laughs> lo- loved how the horsemen just swarmed on Hawk. It it was it was it was an A plus angle in my opinion. Yeah. So definitely a good setup for the first bash match on July first, uh for Flair one of his first title defenses at the bash. So really well done. All right, so we are going now to jump to June 26, where I have no idea how I found this match, but it is in Hawaii, and it is Ric Flair hitting another territory, and he's defending the NWA world title against Samu, and yes, this is the same Samu from the Head Shrinkers, and the same and the same Samu from the Samoan SWAT team uh, that you see in 89 WCW and 1990 WCW, so... Really weird here, um, and I've actually seen Samu and some older stuff uh, in the mid-'80s, which um, is pretty good then, too. So he's a pretty good baby face here in Hawaii, so really cool to see Flair in Hawaii. So anyway, um, Flair hitting the territories again. So on the last episode, he hit Florida. This one's in Hawaii. Uh, they shake hands, and then they go uh, They go at it. A lot of feeling out, arm and mat work between the two. Flair hits a nice elbow to the face on Samu off the ropes, a few knees to the head, then um, – Kind of, for me, a little bit boring arm work. Uh, in between, they have uh, wrestlers cutting promos who I don't care about because I'll never talk about them ever again. Uh, Flair dominates the back half of the match. We get a boring sleeper by Samu. Flair escapes. They trade shots, and uh, Samu goes up top. Um, I do will say that I thought the announcers brought some really good energy, and they were fired up. Um, Samu gets caught in a figure four, and the crowd goes absolutely crazy. Uh, Samu gets the babyface comeback where several near pin falls. Flair throws Samu into the ref. Um, who goes down, and then Samu gets several pins while the ref is down. Flair goes for a pile driver, and Samu dumps him over the top rope, and uh, as the re- and the ref sees it as he recovers, so it's an over-the-top DQ. Uh, the last few minutes was better, and the announcing energy and crowd, what I thought was really, really good, uh, but for me, it was too many rest holds, um, and it was a 20-minute long match. I still think it's a pretty cool find, so I went two and a quarter stars. Logan, what'd you think? Yeah, I thought the match was perfectly fine. The crowd was super into it, like you said, and the uh, the commentators uh, definitely brought their end. But I honestly thought the commercials and the terrible inter- interview uh, interludes yeah, were the most mo- the yeah. most entertaining part of the match. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got uh, we got Hawaiian Barry Horowitz and Hawaiian uh, Rick Rick the Model Martel uh, in there for sure. <laughs> um, I always hate the top rope DQ BS. Uh, I- I'll never understand why it was a thing ever um i'd probably give it two and a quarter sounds good like you said um but the match was perfectly fine it, it, it definitely had its good parts but uh it was a little too long probably yep i agree i agree with you on everything you said uh shift what'd you think 
Okay, I think I'm going to be the high man for this. I, uh, oh, I don't can never figure you out with matches ever. I, wow. I can't. Go uh, ahead. You, you called me Enigma before, and you I are believe... Enigma. I don't get it, but go ahead. Um, I was I enjoyed like you know Samu working an armbar at first, and he was working a head scissors, and then Flair actually had him in a heel hook. Uh, the commercials were amazing, and also the people interviewing someone's name was Junior Mayavia. I want to find out who that is because I have who the fuck is Junior Mayavia. Um, uh, he, I know he's related. I mean, Hawaii at the time is run by um, the Rock. The Rocks. Mom. Yeah, the Rocks. Yeah, yeah. Her, his grandma. I thought. Yeah. Oh yeah, maybe it is a grandma. It is. Yes, a grandma. grandma. Peter. Yeah, it's a grandma. Sorry about that. Um, and I love like Sam, how Samu had a chance, but he missed with a drop click, and then like Flair was in control, and then Samu had in control, and I love Flair like fighting for the ropes, and like you can't see, and he like just throws his leg over. I, I know I mentioned this with all the other Flair matches, but it's just something I love. Um, and then we have Samu getting a visual pin not once but twice. Uh, I did not like the over-the-top rope DQ. Um, I actually went two and three quarters, so it wasn't too much higher than you guys, but I, I really enjoyed the match. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. That's not too bad. Um, yeah, I wasn't going yeah. four or anything. Yeah, that's not over. Yeah, that's not like your four-star Wahoo versus Magnum cage match. That match was awesome. All right, moving on. Dr. G, what do you think of this match? <laughs> um i you know i went i went two and a quarter like you guys did i mean uh it thought that again the beginning part of the match was a little little, uh slow but uh the announcers did uh, for i don't know who they were but (laughs) they they actually did a a pretty decent job they need to they need to shuffle those guys down to championship wrestling for florida to get some energy behind that show (laughs) maybe yeah they were they definitely uh definitely were into the uh into the match. So, um, but, uh, you know, it's amazing though. Flair, no matter where he goes, he leaves the local hero looking good, you know, even if they don't win the championship belt. And I agree with you, uh, Logan, I I hate that whole over the top rope thing. I don't get it. Yeah. I I really really don't. I I just, I don't, why, but I mean, I guess it's another way to, to you know make somebody look strong but you know not take the belt off of someone i guess <laughs> well especially you know if a if a wrestler is going for a move and you you bump him out of it you shouldn't dq him for escaping the move you know he's going for a pile driver and he lifts up and dumps him out you shouldn't dq him for that because he escaped the move you know it doesn't make a lot of sense yeah it's even dumber on a reversal like i i get yeah. i guess i would get if you were just actively chucking him out of the ring just to hurt him and make him land on concrete and stuff like maybe i get that it's still stupid that way but but on a reversal spe- it's even dumber mm, you're right mm, yeah yeah exactly. all right so yeah so not not a great match um you know i guess two and a quarter to two seven five makes sense but kind of a cool find i didn't even know existed so um, and to see Samu, one of the head shrinkers, take on Flair for the NWA title in 86 or something. But anyway, um, we're going to jump uh, right into June 28th. We are going to a syndicated show. We're going to NWA Pro. And the reason why I picked this one is we don't get a lot of, uh, like, this is, like, for me, the first match we really get to truly see the Andersons back as a team. And I always pop for them big as a team. And the reason why I picked this match is, one, it's got Sam Houston, and Sam Houston always puts on the goods. And then it also had our very first appearance in a very, very long time of our junior heavyweight champion, Denny Brown, who <laughs> still is very unimpressive and, and doing the jobs and not defending his title. But anyway, uh, the crowd is super hot. Uh, as always, they pop for Sam Houston. And I continue to say, I do not understand 
why the crowd loves Sam Houston so much. His offense is great. Anderson's bumping like a madman for him. Arn hits an amazing shoulder block that flips Sam inside out. Arn finally tosses Sam out of the ring, and the Andersons do what they do best, and then they get Brown in, and they pick Brown to pieces. Brown gets some side of life, but match ends with a great only top knee to the shoulder and a shoulder submission. Guys, listen, for me, this is only four minutes, but for me, it's like a two-star squash because I get the best of the Andersons. You get Sam Houston doing his shit, and then you get the Andersons just freaking picking apart the body and just freaking tearing the shoulder apart. I love this, but I'm going two stars for a squash. Logan, what'd you think? Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely go two stars on it as well. I really enjoyed this squash. Uh, the ridiculous lariat to open it where uh, Houston does the inside-out sell, I thought was awesome. Dude, that was um, an amazing spot, man. That was it, awesome. it, it really was great. Um, and then Arn takes a hip toss from uh, Sam Houston a little bit later, and Arn sells it like master class uh, stuff. You know, he just he freaks out and acts like it was the worst thing that could have possibly happened to him. Um, I thought the Anderson was absolutely vicious on their offense throughout this. And despite the, you know, arm bar finish, not being the sexiest finish, the diving knee to set it up. Oh, savage. Awesome. Savage. That was so, savage. Yeah, I'd give like a two stars a long way. Yeah. So uh shift, we always talk about Sam Houston and his reaction and some of the bitch freaking puts on some pretty decent matches too. So what'd you think of this? Yeah, um, I only went two because, like you said, it was just a squash. But like them, they loved him, and um, I will say Oli was beating the piss out of Brown, which was very nice because we haven't seen Denny Brown, so that's cool. Uh, Arn getting the tag while being in a sunset flip, like Arn loves doing that spot yeah. after seeing his matches here and in Seven Months of Danger, and I still love it every time I see it. And um, I love the knee to the arm off the top and. Oli just puts him in an arm lock and it's over. So it, it's it was pretty great. Yep. Good old fashioned Andersons. Just what I like. Uh Dr. G, what'd you think? I agree. Uh I just love watching the Andersons and I just it's amazing how over Sam Houston is though. Right? I mean the crowd goes crazy for him. Yeah. Well, we don't have much Sam Houston left because when we get to July, we're gonna have to talk about Baby Doll Houston Gate. <laughs> So not much left of Sam Houston on this show left. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, really, really cool squash. So I, it was a cool little find. It was only four minutes, but again, I go two stars on it myself just because I just love watching the Andersons and their teamwork is just amazing. I could almost watch every Anderson like jobber match just because of this, but I mean, this was, it was just good. They make I, jobber matches entertaining. They do. <laughs> yeah. And they also make submission spots entertaining, too, of the way they pick body parts apart. It's not boring. It's just really, really cool to watch. Like, like when you hear people say limb work, these guys are master of limb work. They really yeah. are. So, All right. So we're going to jump into the final watches that we had for tonight. So we're going to World Championship Wrestling, also on June 28th. Uh, the only thing I will mention for this show that we did not go deep on, that we will not talk about, uh, there's a bash update. We're back to TA and Dusty where they talked to David uh, Crockett. Dusty says America is about being free and his kids running free and Bash is a statement of freedom. And then he said he's going to come all over America and the country. (laughs) (laughs) Then we we go to a Willie poem uh, that he spouts off in a video about the promised lands. Uh, Logan, anything you'd like to say about this little snippet here? Um, I don't think I intentionally kept this on, but I think something distracted me and I just happened to hear this in the background and him saying, uh, he's coming all over America was, uh, quite the line. So, um, yeah, just, just more dusty, back and crazy, craziness. Uh, yeah. yeah Dr. But, uh, G, what did you say, Dr. G? I said I had to come back to listen to that one. I thought, well, I thought 
there might be a reason why I mentioned it because they do these random things where they say stuff like this to like rib people. And so the, the, if you remember the really first big one, where it's where uh, Magnum, uh, it was coming, it was going to come all over. It's just, they do oh, yeah. randomly to like rib each other. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, Dr. G, anything else to add to that? Not, not much more to add to that. I just, <laughs> I, I just thought, again, I had to go back and listen. Cause I was like, did he just say that? <laughs> Coming free all over anyway. Stop shipping that. I think from a podcast and a professional queer, I should uh, just not say anything. Uh, I mean, we're just covering a basic oh, promo. Now, now, you, now you decide to hold back. <laughs> I don't I think don't... there's much more you could say. I mean, it is what it is, right? What else can you say on it? <laughs> anyway, it's way to sell the batch. All right. So we move into Cornette. Um, he opens up the show. Um, he's going in on Baby Doll, and he pimps in Albuquerque, New Mexico. It'll be America's team of Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA taking on a Midnight Express. He then introduces the chance, and we are underway. And again, it's Sam Houston again, but it's Midnight Express versus Sam Houston and George South. Cornette is on commentary as Houston does his Houston stuff, and he out-wrestles the Express as Cornette says Sam never learns his lesson against this team, which is technically true. Um, and he's glutton for punishment, as Tony says he really knows how to wrestle the Midnight Express. South even gets some pretty good offense, as Bobby sells great for both. Then we get some great heel tag work from the Midnight Express on Houston, including a double shoulder. Again, the same spot that Arn did, except it's a double one that flips Houston inside out again. Uh, this must be a move that he recently learned, because he's popping it out left and right here. Houston takes a really good shit kicking as Cornette talks trash on him and Baby Doll at the same time while praising his team. Um, I wonder if Cornette knew what was going on in the background so he could shit on them both at the same time. Houston finally tags South, South after a missed Condry elbow. South gets some good shine until he's nailed with a brutal backbreaker. There's a power slam and a rocket launcher for three. I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. I thought it was a great little sprint showcase here for the Midnight Express. Um, I went two and a quarter stars, and I'll let you talk about that after I go after this next one. Cornette says he has had it with Baby Doll and says when the bash is over, she will be gone. Cornette says Bubba is invincible, and then he replays the chair, chair shot from the last episode. And again, like we talked about, I love Bubba just standing there the whole time while Cornette's talking, being silent. Tony brings up Baby Doll is the perfect 10 workout. And we go to a training video of Baby Doll working out with really bad music. Baby Doll was getting it, including leg splits, leg splits and weights. Um, I made a very inappropriate Sam Houston joke, uh, wondering if she ragdoll him um, after prepping for her, her bash matches. Uh, I love the stills of her faces when she looks like she's in pain. And the end was very hokey as she walks out of the gym and turns with a smile on her face and does a fist pump. That was some awful shit. The match I loved. The baby doll workout was something to behold because it was really awful. Logan, I will go to you first. What did you think of the match and then the baby doll workout? Oh, man. Um, I, I thought the match was a good showcase for the Midnight Express. They gave just enough offense to kind of make the match not as much of a squash as the last match was, but they controlled it for the most part and looked good in what they did. Uh, I'd probably go two on it. I thought it was uh, pretty good, and it was a good showcase for the team. Um, Baby Dolls <laughs> – Awkward training montage is what, what, what I'll call it. It was pretty terrible. Um, very, very cheesy. Uh, she looked like she was either giving birth or taking a shit for most of the little still pictures. So um, very, very, very weird and awkward. So uh, I, I, I would not uh, I would not go out of my way to look at that one. I'll put it that way. I mean, it's a moment in time for me. It's almost as good as Magnum uh, running on the beach to his mom. 
<laughs> if you guys remember that one, that's an all-time. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, Doctor G, what did you think of the match and uh, the baby doll workout? Uh, I I went uh, you know two and a quarter on it. Um, you know, I agree with Logan. A, a nice showcase for Midnight Express. Again, not too much. Uh, you know, not like too much of a squash kind of give a little offense, but you know, show how they're you know a great team in the way that their teamwork. I mean. I, I think the Midnight Express are great. I still think the Anderson's a little better, but similar, you know, where they, you know, they cut the ring in half and they, they, they take control and, um, you know, just, just a great team. And uh, I, for a squash match, again, they, they make squash matches entertaining and they always do. Um, the baby doll workout, ugh. That's awful. I mean, I don't think she, she I think just she she just did the few reps just for the video and then, you know, probably went under uh went showed her sweating, probably went into the shower and wet her hair. There was no way she was even doing half that workout and it was just awful. The music was awful. Just not one of their uh, best produced uh pieces of work, that's for sure. I can't believe she's working very hard to train for her match against Cornette and you're all shitting on her. Shit, <laughs> what'd you think? Well, I'm going to go to the Midnight Express match. Um, Cornette has some great lines. He says, baby doll's so fat when she's on a street corner, a cop say to back it up. <laughs> to break it up, sorry. Um, he calls Sam Houston the human broomstick. Yep. Um, and I just like, and we see how, we talk about the horseman being ferocious. We see how ferocious Midnight Express is. Bobby sticks his finger in Sam's eye, like when he has him in the ropes, which I thought was pretty sick. And then, um, you know, we get a nice backbreaker from Condry to George South, and we get the rocket launcher, which I think this was the debut of the rocket launcher because Tony says, what's that? And Cornette's like, it's a rocket launcher, dummy. And the Midnight Express win. I went two and a quarter as well. And then Cornette saying baby doll is a dead duck uh, going into the Great American Bash. And we're all wrestling fans here. We've had that awkward moment where, you know, uh, I'm sure with me and Logan, because we grew up around the Attitude Era and like the Ruthless Aggression Era, which you can see on the hear about on the Ruthless Aggression Pod on No So Connection, um, where the w- divas will be doing something, and that's the time when your mom would walk in or something. With this baby doll workout thing, I'm watching it Sunday. My wife watch, walks in, and the first words out of my mouth was, "I swear it's not a porn." <laughs> You know, the, uh, the the hilarious thing is my wife was in the room the whole time, but she somehow never looked at the TV because I was like, I hope she doesn't turn around and see what's going well, on. Right I, guess my, I guess my biggest issue with that statement is if that's what you're watching for porn shift, you have bigger issues. <laughs> <laughs> I like to go retro every once in a while, Sean. Oh, Jesus Christ. What is it awful? Um, but like, yeah, I, I even have here like so I took one note and I said, looks like a start to a porno with like her working out and everything. It was and, very. It was. It was about as eighties as you could get that video. Yeah, and like you know, good for her. She had like ninety pounds up in in the bar, which is probably more than I can do. So probably more than Sam Houston weighs. Yeah, definitely. So she's probably lifting him up. You know. A- anyways, um, but it was just one of those things where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe they showed this. And like, it, and like Dr. G said, they were looping it because it was like the same like five seconds that they stretched into like a two minute clip. It was amazing. So worst video, baby doll workout, a Magnum TA running the beach to his mom. I think Magnum TA running the beach to his mom was more entertaining, in my opinion. I mean, I wouldn't say that. He beat up Ivan just for talking about his mom, so maybe you should watch your mouth, Sean. Oh, well, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe you should kiss Magnum's ass. I'm going to leave an appropriate comment out on that one because you know where I'd go with that. I know where you'd go on that. All right, so we're going to move on. So to close out this episode of World Championship Wrestling, uh, we have The Horseman with Jim Cornette. Uh, JJ says Cornette is very witty and sharp-tongued, which I think we've commented on quite a bit tonight. Uh, It says we are a few days away from the bash and a lot on the line. JJ shits on the promised land poem. That was said in the earlier Dusty uh, Great American Bash uh, video we talked about. It says it guarantees you an opportunity. Uh, the promise land guarantees an opportunity, but not success, which was, I thought, a great line. So we are guaranteed an opportunity, but it's not guarantee you success. So I really did like that line. It says Dusty will go down. He puts over the horseman kicking the road warrior's ass um, and then talks about slapping Hawk. And then Tuesday, uh, which will be the first bash um, in Philly, he will prove that it's no fluke against Hawk. Coley puts over they are family and miter than any of the faces. Oli says 86 is the end, and I am not kidding the roads, and it will stick. Arn says to be a horseman isn't about the titles. It's about being the very best. They, and they do what they want, and they basically say, fuck public opinion. And, of course, as they leave, they are yelling the great American bash, and they are coming. Dr. G, what would you think of his short little uh Promo from the Horseman to close us out that sends us right into the first bash uh, that week. Well, typical, uh, typical Horseman. I mean, what do you guys? I mean, at this at this time with the Horseman, I mean, like I, I the, the first the first promo we heard, we were like, where where, where are they going with it? Now this one, I thought, you know, sometimes I think some of their promos could be too long, and I think this one was perfect. Yeah, it was short, sweet, to the point, and it sold the first bash in Philly, I thought. It was good. Yeah, that's and that's what you do. Sometimes, I mean, <clears throat> the horseman, I, sometimes I could go for a 10-minute promo from them. It's fine. But sometimes I think when they, they just get in that mode. But, again, you, you know, these guys, like you said, the schedule that they were keeping, who knew what they were doing? They probably just came from the bar, some, you know, for some of the promos. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, But this one, they definitely, you know, short, succinct, get to the point, get to what you're trying to sell and – and uh, get out and do you do the best, you know. That I think this one was much better. Yeah, it was much better than the one we saw on the twenty first, where they they were all either on drugs or drunk or tired or whatever. I thought this was nice, short and sweet little thing. Logan, what'd you think of this? Yeah, I, I thought this was great stuff by Arn and Oli, uh, as we've seen throughout these uh, these multiple uh, episodes that we've watched through the last two episodes of this show. Um, but I thought JJ really, uh, really cut a hell of a promo hyping up the Great American Bash Tour, uh, how kind of how it starts uh, coming up the next week, um, and just everything that's going to go on throughout that. So I thought JJ really cut a good one here, and uh, like I said, Arn and Oli were great as they have been. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I thought J.J. really shined in this promo. Like Mm -hmm. I said, that line he talks about, hey, the promised land might guarantee you an opportunity, but not success. I thought that was awesome. Shift, what do you think of this? Yeah, it was a good promo, but I actually like this less than um, I did the promo you guys all all disliked because it seemed J.J. lost his train of thought. um, Yeah, I didn't didn't catch that. Yeah, like you could see him like and you see like, oh, shit, we're live, pal. Um, And he finally comes to to it i mean it looks he kind of looked like I, I do sometimes when i forget a word that's exactly what it looked like um but you know they did say how they took out the road warriors i like that and tully said rock uh rock is taking out dusty he says rock instead of Oli. Yep, so you know the, the rock the rock Oli anderson yep yep and uh he also says that 86 is dusty's last year so i'm gonna be expecting them to take dusty out 
So I'm going to be needing those receipts. Yeah, I think you'll be waiting a while, but we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> anyway, so that closes us out for uh, our watch for June um, in terms of the NWA. So on our next episode, obviously, we'll jump right into the bash and talk about the bash and the matches and all the happenings going on there. But before we close out this episode, we're going to do this episode's territory spotlight. And I thought it would be good to revisit an oldie but goodie because we all, I mean, Logan, um, for us, uh, we've watched some Sheep Herders versus Fantastic matches uh, during the Crockett Cup and some of these on our territory spotlight. We have one here. Houston, and this is from June 27th, 1986. Um, and we love to revisit this feud because normally these two teams go at it. It's really, really good. And um, for Schiff and Dr. G, you remember that one at the uh, the one at the Crockett Cup, Meltzer gave it four stars. And it was amazing. It, okay, we'll see. I think I disagree because I didn't think it was. I did not find it to be a four star match by any stretch of the imagination. He gives it five stars, actually. Oh, well, I gave it. I think I gave it like two and a half, three times. <laughs> I, I did not. I did not enjoy. I don't even remember. Uh, Dr. G, what did you give that one? Do you remember? I I don't know. I don't think I gave it four, but I, I definitely gave it over three stars. I know that. Yeah, no, I didn't. I know. I, I gave it four and a half. So. Yeah, of course you did. Um, all right. So we're going to jump right into this. So the sheep herders are out as always, and they're out with Jack Victory. Uh, quite the old women smooching on the Fantastics as they come to the ring. Oh, so God. Uh, they were. The old women were actually oh, I know. fantastic. So the Sheep Herders attack before the announcing is over and a bell starts. And it is a new, it's a, what is a New Zealand boot camp match for the ta- UWF tag team titles. The announcers tell um, all the women to clear the aisles and go back to their seats. Uh, people do not listen as the teens brawl outside with chair shots, rope chokes, and blood. Fulton is a bloody mess. And Tommy is after Butch jams an Abdullah-like foreign object into his head. All involved are like bloody messes at the five-minute mark. These guys just brawl nonstop, kicking the shit out of each other. Sheep herders dominate most of the match. Fulton fights back with a great nightstick thing where he's like beating the shit out of people, but he can't make that full comeback. Fantastic. Finally make a comeback at the 10-minute mark, uh, much to the crowd's delight. Fulton with um, does some savage jazz with what I think is a fork to both sheep herders. Um, and he is definitely getting a shine tonight. It's definitely uh, the Fulton show tonight. Jack goes up top. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, Fulton goes up top while Tommy uh, is being held by Butch and hits Butch as Tommy sucks. Uh, he basically, um, with the flagpole, then the Fantastics and double team Butch with Fulton beating the actual hell out of him with a fork. Ref stops the match as the Fantastics just beats the piss out of Butch. It's a weird ending as I assume the ref stopped the match. It's just 15 minutes of just chaos, blood, and hate. And I might catch shit for this, guys. I loved it. I think it was way better than the Crockett Cup match. I would have given this four stars for the brawl. I think this is a better match. The ending wasn't, as, wasn't that great, but Sheep Herders couldn't continue. So, Schiff, I'll go to you first. Uh, before I answer, Sean, do you think I enjoyed this match? Well, it's hard for me to tell because I can't judge. If you went for listen, I can't imagine in my head you would have gone as high as you did on the other Sheep Herders match with them and not like this one. I just can't fathom that in my head. I love this match. This Thank was God. awesome. Thank God. This was <laughs> awesome. I loved the fans not getting the fuck out of the way because they had to say it four times that please go back to your seats. Please go back to your seats. Please go back to your seats. I loved that the Fantastics are walking into the ring. The Sheep Herders jump them, start beating the piss out of them. <laughs> and it looks like a fight and we are on. And I, and it's like the Sheep Herders dominate most of this match. And, um, I love how they're choking the Fantastics with a rope. The Sheep Herders try to grab a chair from the from the um, 
first row. The fans grab the chair so they can't use it. It was amazing. Um, in ECW, they would be like, here, take this. But in UWF, they're like, no, you're not beating up my blowjob baby face. Um, <laughs> it, I just loved it. And I loved how the Fantastics, like, you thought they were pretty boys. But no, they started, they fought back. And like you said, we had, you know, the Crimson Mask with everyone. And it was just, um, it was just awesome. Like, I, I and I love Tommy Rogers' dropkick, which is what I talked about before. And he's able to hit one of those things of beauty. I think it might be one of the best drop kicks, in all honesty. Uh, he's it, very well he's very well known for he's, that. He's That's known for it. Yep. Yeah, he's known for that. Yeah, and um, I the the win happened. It, this match was all over the place, and I love how it like it was just like a flash ending. And I, yeah, I went I went uh, four four and a quarter. Right. Better than the uh, better than the Crockett Cup, right? I think so. Yes. It's not a think. It is. <laughs> it really is. At least for me, it is. Uh, Dr. G, what did you think? I went four on it. It was a good old fashioned bra. I loved, I love these type of matches and the fantastics and the, uh, sheep herders are known for some of these matches. This is not the only ones they, I think had they have before. like a barbed wire match. Like there's a famous barbed wire one they do too. Yeah. I think I remember in PWI it being covered yeah. in PW, if I'm not mistaken, but this, this was just, it, it was, it's just true good brutality. And everybody thought all oh, the fantastics are some pretty boy. No, they could go. They they could uh, hang with the uh, sheep herders. So um, I loved it. I I enjoyed it. I, I was glad you put this on here. Actually, it was uh, it's probably one. It was probably it was definitely by far the best match that we saw in in, in June so far. Oh yeah. I mean, listen. By, anytime, anytime I can get the Fantastics and the sheep herders on a show, I'm gonna do it. So trust me. Anytime I can. Um, I'm not sure. I, might, I don't. I don't think that's the last one we have of them. I think we have another one coming up soon, but I don't think it's against the Sheepers, but I can't remember. Um, but yeah, really, really good match here. Uh, Logan, what'd you think? I assumed you liked it too. No, yeah, I really liked it as well as well as you guys have. I haven't seen that other match. I will eventually see it on uh, Starflation as we go through all the five star Dave Meltzer oh, matches. Oh, that's right. Awesome. You have to watch that for Starflation. So yeah, I'd be I'm really curious to see what you think about it. Yeah, I only think, here on the Place to Be Nation feed. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's a little further down in our watch, so it'll be a while before we watch it. Uh, I think we have a list kind of. Uh, mapped out and i think it's kind of one of the later matches on the list so um I, i'm i'm looking forward to watching it as well because i have heard differing opinions like uh yours uh sean so but I, I really love this one i'm so glad the sheep herders attacked and ended the kissing and hugging fest that was going that was on so before bad. the match yeah. oh god i hated it um so i'm glad they attacked a little bit to break that up uh after a little bit um but i also love that the announcers continued announcing even though the opening brawl was happening he was like introduced the teams while they were just beating the shit out of each other um and one of them was probably already bleeding by the time that uh the announcements ended uh and of course they said tell the ladies to get back to their seats or whatever so um though i thought the ref in this match looked like bobby eaton's dad he looked just like bobby eaton to me for some reason um this is my kind of match just utter chaos throughout just all all around the ring all kind of different weapons and stuff going on and i've never really seen this version of luke and butch so i it was a really welcome sight to kind of see them beat the shit out of the uh the fantastics here but i, I would go four stars as well like you guys yeah so one of the better matches we've seen in a long time and logan if you want to see this more sheep i mean i know it's not your deal but mid-south uwf that's where the sheep herders are known for the, like they they are more well known for this than they typically were for being uh, the Bushwhackers. Mm. 
that's what was so weird is when they came into the WWF and they were baby faces and they were mm. licking people. It's like, what the fuck did they do to the sheep herder? That's really what it, <laughs> that's really what it was like when it happened. I was like stunned. I'm like, holy shit, this is. The and they pulled thing. it off. Well, they that's did pull perfect. it off and switch it around, but. Could you imagine, like, the WWF version of the Sheep Herders having a match like this? Not in a million years. Mm, no, heck Not no. in a million years. So, But anyway, that closes us out for the month of June. So I am excited. In two weeks, Logan, thank you for two weeks. We'll be going to the bash. So I'm excited that we're finally there. Um, Logan, thanks for joining us for the month of June. So hopefully we'll have, we might probably have you back at some point again, mm-hmm. um, especially if Colum continues to really really be upset about uh drew mcintyre and uh the queen you don't know how long something like that takes to recover from so, um, we, also, we always call on the best but uh logan before we go anything you would like to plug um just highway to the impact zone uh that's a tna pod that uh, me and you you sean are uh sometimes on that with me uh but we will have at this point just have gotten past genesis uh, heading towards the next pay-per-view so just check out uh those episodes coming up and uh just the whole back catalog great show uh with a lot of great people doing that and just check out all the feeds uh the no so feed uh the pop feed and the wrestling feed just all good stuff and everybody's producing some really good content so check everything out all right uh shift uh yeah just um mentioned it uh earlier on this pod uh seven months of danger on the no so feed youtube roulette here which i do all my podcasts with sean that's why you haven't really heard my voice as much um we found on twitter at scott underscore shuffle and thanks for coming on logan appreciate it thank you and uh dr g uh logan uh yep thanks for me too uh for coming on i enjoyed having you for this great month of june um you i you could uh Follow me on, on Twitter at, at DrGPTB, and uh, every Saturday morning, my podcast, along with uh, the podfather himself, Scott Criscolo, with the new, covering the new NWA, the NWA Saturday, Saturday special drops at 9 a.m. every Saturday here on the PTB Wrestling Network. All right. You can find me on Twitter at NWA Crack and Roll. You can find us, um, obviously, this pod, and then uh, over on the North-South feed uh, at Seven Months of Danger, where we're going chronologically through the Dangerous Alliance era and the seven months uh, that they were a team. So that's a good one. And then Logan mentioned the other ones as well. So uh, real quick, Dr. G, final thoughts on this watch and the month of June overall. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, like you said, we're working towards the Great American Bash. Uh, you know, good stuff. I have to be honest with you, though. You put that little uh, gem in there for uh, for the month, uh, the Sheep Herders and the Fantastics. So I really enjoyed that. So I appreciate that. Um, but I definitely uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to July and seeing what's in store. All right. Logan, final thoughts on month of June. Uh, I, I, like I said uh, on the previous episode, I'm super excited for y'all to be able to get to watch the July stuff. I, I, I imagine it's going to be just as great as it was uh, hyped up to be in these promos and uh, it will deliver as much as I think it, uh, you know, as much as people hyped it up. Uh, in these promos that we watched on the pre these two episodes, um, I, I, I think I think it'll be a good time in, the, in this next little month that y'all are about to do. All right. And Schiff, final thoughts. Uh, I think we're starting to hit like the peak of, of Crockett. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go here. I know they have to pivot because some real world things, but I think this is um, 
the peak because that's what everyone loves to talk about is the best of seven and the great american bash tour so it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that and how and what happens after that yeah i i would agree with you i definitely think we're hitting the peak bash 86 most people when you think great american bash 86 that's really where they think peak crockett and all the things they've laid listen even with the jimmy valiant and the shaved head stuff the wahoo stuff with the strap matches but like Everything else, if you really think Ron Garvin and Tully Blanchard for the national title, like they have really done a great job setting up every nook and cranny of every feud they possibly can do. And the fact that they told all these stories simply and get people excited for it, I do think um, when you say that the summer of 86 is really where Crockett hits its high point, um, or at least its well-known high point where it goes from here, I think that's what most people talk about. So I look forward to talking about that. Um, so for Logan, for Schiff, and for Dr. G, um, most of us will be back here in two weeks where we start talking about the Great American Bash, so we will see you all then. Thanks for listening, everybody. Rhythm, grace, and heaven now for one man.
I'm 